Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 22, the eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one or love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other, for you cannot serve God and money. Let's pray. God, make yourself known this morning. Keep us attentive and focused on the truth, on your word. Remove distractions from our minds, from in front of us. Lord God, Bring our eyes up to you for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we started this section, verses 19 through 24, or 20, yeah, 24. Um, and I try not to cover much of the same ground, but kind of have to. Uh, we started last week by just noticing that in Jesus' teaching, he is comparing two different kingdoms. Uh, verse 19 through 24 in this section, we, I kind of boiled it down to three questions, and we're still basically on the first one. And they are, what do you love? What do you see? Or... I've changed it to, do you have good vision? Um, so what do you serve? And these three questions help us to understand the differences between these two kingdoms and how you position yourself in these two kingdoms. How you answer those questions help us to gauge where we are when it comes to the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this earth. Of course, last week we focused on what do you love? Um, and in verses 19 and 20, Jesus, we saw, gives two commands, a negative way and then a positive way. He gives a do not and then he gives a do this instead. Uh, and the, the, the command or action that he puts before us is laying up for yourselves treasures. Do not do it this way or do it this way. Uh, and then he brings in the two kingdoms. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What does Jesus mean when he says lay up treasure? And this is where I want to transition our language a little bit. Maybe to help us. Hey, help me. Instead of saying laying up treasure, I want to, I want to change our frame of thought to... Pursuit. Pursuit. 
not, and it's not that we're changing what Jesus has said, but just we're thinking of it from our perspective, maybe from our language. Um, basically, what are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? Uh, and so as he's, as we think about it this way, Jesus is wanting us, he's trying to tell us, do not pursue, do not chase after the things on earth, but let your life be a pursuit of the things of heaven. Um, and we talked about why we would want to do that basically because the things on earth lack value because of their temporary state and therefore the things in heaven which are eternal are priceless so what are you going to spend your life chasing after worthless or priceless but we finished last week in this large way of realizing that priceless treasure is Christ. The person of Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, who gave Himself for us as a ransom, a payment for our sins. Our God, our Savior, our Lord, the greatest treasure of all. He is worth losing everything, even our lives. And that's how we finished last week. But an odd thing happened last week as I was leaving. I was realizing that there was much more that needed to be discussed here because last week we were so broad and general and we looked at one treasure, the greatest treasure of all, Christ. What we talked about and seeing Christ as priceless is foundational. It is what we build on. And so today I want to build on that. I want to be practical. We're going to put up some walls. Think about it in the terms of everyday life. So when I mentioned a couple examples last week of pursuing earthly treasures or earthly things, two I was specific to mention, family and vehicles. I was pretty hard on vehicles. Um, but you know what I did when I, what you, you want to know what I did after church? I got into a vehicle with my family. And that really started to make me think, huh, what's going on here? Because getting in a vehicle with my family is not bad. And that is not me chasing after earthly things. However, A vehicle could be something that I'm chasing after. My family could be something that I'm pursuing and it not be a good thing. So it became clear to me, and Sylvia and I discussed this on the way home and throughout the week. It became clear to me that having earthly things is not technically pursuing earthly treasure. 
having it is not laying it up or pursuing it or even treasuring it. So there must be a way to pursue, there must be a way to pursue heavenly treasure while possessing and participating on earth. Right? Let's look at 1 Timothy. Paul hit the nail on the head. And if you weren't expecting a 30 to 40 minute sermon, I could just read this and we could go home. But, you know, you, you're expecting a 30 to 40 minute sermon. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Probably 40 minutes, but you know. we'll see. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Now, when we read this passage and you see the word rich, do not, do not fade off as if this isn't about you. The, the point... The point that I want us to understand is you are rich. If you're here today, I see something. I see clothes... I see you're, you're eating. I haven't seen you eat, but I know you are eating at home. You have a home. You have a vehicle. You have people sitting next to you. You have a lot. You are rich. You have stuff. You have things. So don't look at this passage as in, I'm not that rich person. This doesn't... This doesn't matter to me. If you own something, this verse matters to you. If you possess one thing, this verse matters to you. Because if you possess one thing, then that one thing can become an idol to you. And that one thing could take you from laying up treasures in heaven or pursuing Christ to living for that one thing. This verse matters to all people. 1 Timothy six seventeen. As for the rich in this present age, so let's just say us. Now, if you happen to have an abundance more than everyone else, this might apply a little bit more to you, but this applies to everyone. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, to think highly of themselves, nor to, this is the, the punchline, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches or things, but on God. I hate how Paul does that. I'm going to read it a different way. Not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but to set their hopes on God. That's what he means. So you can just look at it here, okay? Pursuing things of the earth, on this hand, pursuing heavenly things. He just explained the difference. Setting your hopes either on the uncertainty of earthly riches 
or on the riches of God. He then describes God, who richly provides us with everything And not does he just provide us with everything. He provides us everything. Here's where we got, I got a little messed up last week. To enjoy. So for those who like to work on your car, I apologize. We'll talk more about it in a minute. He gives us everything to enjoy. Verse 18 They are to do good. So, okay, so here is we're thinking, how how does this happen? How do we take these earthly things and enjoy them and at the same time pursue heavenly things? Verse 18, they are to do good, the rich, you, who have. They are to do good, to be rich in good works. To be generous and ready to share. Look what he says, 19. Thus storing up treasure. Thus storing up treasure for themselves as good foundation for the future. What future? Eternity. So that they may take hold of that which is truly life. That which, okay, I didn't plan on doing this, but that word sends us to Colossians 3, and we looked at it in Sunday school. Colossians 3. So, when you get there, Colossians 3, let me read that last verse in 1 Timothy again, so you can see the connection. The storing up treasure for themselves as good foundation for the future, the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So, future and truly life. Colossians 3, verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Oh, heavenly treasure above, right? Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, future, truly life. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, future, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Your life will truly begin. Because you have been focused on things above. Pursuing heavenly things and this is the this is the bottom line 
to pursue heavenly things is to pursue Christ. That's it. Now, we're going to break that apart a little bit, piece by piece, because you're like, I just pursue Christ and everything works out or it's, you know, all this other stuff. I want us to look at it in just a minute. Okay, so today I want to spend some time figuring out how we do this, how we live in this life, possessing earthly things and participating in earthly things without pursuing them as treasure, as idols, but on the other hand, pursue Christ while possessing or participating in earthly things. Okay, so the question, how do you possess or participate in the earthly things? Well, there's two options. And this goes back to what Jesus said in Matthew 6 in his command. You pursue them as idols. You live your life. We go get in the car. Let's say we got in the car Sunday, or we're going to do it again this Sunday. The family lines up. We get in. We get in the car. And Sylvia and I start talking about uh, how much more we need a new vehicle. Um, and we start talking about uh, how how great it would be if this part of our vehicle was just better or if we could just change this about it that life would be so much more easy uh, and then we start coming home and Sylvia no I start panicking about the kids and how well they're doing or if they're going to be great in school or if they're going to become big upstanding people and oh we don't want them to get hurt we want them to, and we'll start thinking about how we couldn't live without them and this and that and so what we've just done is we've gotten the car and drove home is we have we've idolized a vehicle and we're beginning to idolize our family and we've turned two things of this earth into idols You're consumed by it. You're always thinking or talking about it. And you always have this feeling that you can't live life without it. That's pursuing things of this earth. That could be your spouse. Hey, we don't know what we would do without them. But what we know is that we could not do without God. You can't live without Him. Whatever it may be. Go to Matthew 16, 19. Excuse me. Matthew 19. And we'll see an example. Someone who stood in front of Jesus and basically said these exact words to Him. Matthew 19. So what does it look like to lay up treasure on earth? What does it look like to pursue earthly things? Basically, it's this. Matthew 19, verse 16. 
And behold, a man came up to him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I've kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor. Go and sell your posse- uh, what you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. Here's the textbook definition of pursuing earthly things and idolizing them. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. His pursuit of earthly possessions kept him from pursuing Christ. You're consumed with it. You're always thinking or talking about it. And you feel like or even say, I cannot live without it. But then there's the option that Jesus wants us to take. How do we live life possessing earthly things, participating in earthly things, with, while pursuing heavenly things? Okay. And here, this is just really simple. And I've already said it, but I just want to make sure I say it again. It's by pursuing Christ first. Pursuing Christ first. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, I can't go through all of them, and you don't want me to go through all of them. Five areas of life that this can apply to. Five areas of life that this can apply to. Where there are, within these five areas, earthly things or ways to participate in this life that can become idols or pursuits of earthly treasure. Self, number one. Um, I'll try to just give us some examples as I say these. Self, time, your money, your material goods, even your body. Uh, Number two, family. Uh, Your kids, your spouse, your parents. Number three, work. Uh, Your, you know, your job, your career, your pay, um, your retirement, or even just being retired can be put in this category. These are areas of life where Idols can come from that we can be pursuing earthly things in our community, uh, being recognized in the marketplace and in the, in the streets, uh, living in social media, um, our neighbors, and even in church. There, are, these things can come about in church as well. So, how do we navigate these areas of life? And not pursue them as idols or earthly treasure. And it, again, I say, it begins by pursuing Christ 
first. And so I want to give you an illustration, a visual illustration, and then to hopefully help you, and then kind of break it down theologically. How do you pursue Christ in earthly things? So what's the best way to enjoy Silver Dollar City? Could make a joke about leave your wallet at home or something, but okay. So imagine, imagine trying to enjoy Silver Dollar City this way. You're standing on the outside, and you're listening for the sounds, and you hear the children laughing and playing, and screams of joy and maybe terror, and you enjoy the sounds and then you smell the food it comes over the fence and you're you think of that funnel cake and you can just taste it and then you could even see the tips of the rides and you see the people screaming and throwing their arms around and you get a bit of enjoyment and satisfaction and even a little bit of thrill as you hear smell and see But you're not truly experiencing all that Silver Dollar City has to offer, right? You're just getting a bit of it. Um, the only way to truly enjoy Silver Dollar City and all that it has to offer is to go through the gate. Like you have to go through the gate if you want to fully be satisfied with all that Silver Dollar City has to offer. Um, to, to truly participate in this life, to possess earthly things and to participate in earthly things in the way God intends for you to, you have to approach all of these things through Christ, who is the gate. Right? Because we already saw from, uh, who was that? Paul. Uh, and then I think from James, we can know that all of the things in life, as, it, as Paul said, are given to us by God for our enjoyment. And the only way to receive those things, those goods, and to enjoy them the way God intended to, is to get to them through Christ. Because to come to them around Christ is the definition of idolatry. Right? Okay, Jesus, I just want to get to this thing. That's idolatry. To participate in this life without coming to it through Christ is like standing outside of Silver Dollar City. You might find a little bit of satisfaction in what you see, hear, and smell, but it will leave you wanting more. And what happens when you want more? You just stand there and try to get more. And in life, 
when you're seeking and pursuing earthly things and you're not getting satisfaction, you just keep doing what you're doing. But to come to life and then the goods and things of this earth, when we come to them through Christ, we receive them and participate them in the only way that gives satisfaction. Why? It's because you first found satisfaction in Christ. So I hope that helped. But to think about it more biblically or theologically, how do we participate in earthly things? How do we, how do we participate in them and pursue Christ, our greatest treasure, especially in these five areas? Um, three ways. And so, I, well, let me first say this, because there's a problem with my illustration. So I walk in the gate, and now I get to enjoy everything. And we talked about this morning at Sunday school, and I forgot about the gate, right? I don't care about the gate. I'm in Silver Dollar City. That's not Christianity, but that's the way we treat it. That's the way cultural American Christianity is treated by the majority of the church. I got in the door and now I get to do what I want. Who cares how I came? I'm here. And that doesn't even do it justice. The thing about this door or this gate is it's the Son of God. Um... As I mentioned, said earlier, has given himself, not just given his life as a ransom for many, but humiliated himself by becoming like us. And we enter in through his humiliation. We have treasure because of his death. And so... Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt because she kept looking back. She kept looking back at what she was being delivered from. It's okay to look back as long as we're looking back to who delivered us. Right? Not that we want to go back to what we've been delivered from, but to look back and to remember who delivered us. So you into Silver Dollar City and you can walk past the front entrance and be like, I remember when I came in. I remember how it happened. I remember where I once was. So the three ways. You've got stuff. You participate in this life, in this world. How do you do it and pursue Christ? quickly by following Christ exalting Christ and being a witness to Christ now what do I mean by that and I'm sorry this is I feel like this is layer upon layer upon layer and I couldn't really get around it but to pursue Christ while having or possessing earthly things is to follow him exalt him 
and be a witness to him. So to follow him simply just means to follow, number one, his example. And remember, we're thinking within these areas of our lives. So, husbands, if you don't want to find yourself in the position of idolizing your wife, this is kind of backwards, seems kind of confusing, but if you, if you don't want to be in the position of idolizing your wife to, to the point where, like, I can't live without her or, uh, you know, not... You know what I mean. Love her as Christ has loved the church. Now you're like, I don't understand how that's going to help me. Well, to love Christ like Christ loved, to love your wife like Christ loved the church means you're willing to die, to give of yourself, to, to humble yourself, if you follow Jesus' example of loving, that will guard you from idolizing that which you love. Parents, same thing for your children. If you love them the way Christ loves, then you realize that he loves them secondary to his love to the Father. You follow his example and this will keep you from idolizing or pursuing things. Um, to pursue Christ while having earthly riches, follow his commands. So an example that Sylvia had was telling me on the way home, she has her children who she struggles with this, this balance between idolizing them and raising them as a Christ-like mother. And this is the, the struggle she has. Laying up treasure on earth, idolizing her kids, laying up treasures in heaven, raising her kids to be godly Christ followers. And so she makes the decision every day to obey the commands of Jesus when it comes to raising her children. Or at least that's what her desire is. And so therefore, to how do so how do you do that? How do you navigate that territory of idolizing your kids that you can't live without you? They're you're they're your everything, or there are things that I have to do when I raise them that's it's it stinks. It hurts. So how do you balance that? How do you figure out which way to go? You obey Jesus. You obey his word. And if you don't know what he said, then you need to read it. So to pursue Christ while having earthly things like children, you must follow his examples and you must follow his commands. Um, and one of the examples of following Jesus is to care for what you have. To just care for what you have. Jesus said that the Father has given to me and I will lose none of them. So while we look at it from a different perspective, 
what God has given you, how much of it have you lost? How much of it have you uh, not taken care of? How much of it have you let rust? How much have you left out for the moths to be, for the moths to eat it? There's a word I don't. Everything we have is not ours, including yourself. You have been put in the position of a steward, a manager. God has said, here's a body, manage it for 72.4 years. Here's three children. They're mine, but you can manage them. You can steward them. Here's a car. It's mine. I'm giving it to you, but you must take care of it. And so, you know, here we get back to the car thing. To spend money on a car is not to pursue or to lay up treasure on earth. If your goal behind spending money on the car is to take care of that which God has given you. You know, I'll let you work that out on where that is and how you do that. Same thing with all of the possessions and money. Being wise with the things God has given you. Okay, I'm just going to zoom through these other two. Okay, so how do we pursue Christ while having earthly things? Number one is following Christ's example and his commands. Number two is to exalt Christ. Exalt Christ. And what do I mean? I mean, he's given me a car, but guess what? He's better than the car. Because he's given it to me. I love the giver of the gift, not the gift. James says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Colossians 3, Whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to the Father. Give thanks to God for all that you have, remembering that you have it only because of God. And therefore, exalting Him above the thing that you have. Do all that Jesus, or do all these things, job, retirement, relationship, your time uh, at the market, on social media, your money, everything you have or everything you do, do these things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Exalting God, exalting Christ, is to do all things for His glory. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. If you do not want to turn your possessions into idols, then remember where the possessions came from and exalt Him in thanksgiving for giving them. And the last one, be a witness to Christ. When you find yourself in the areas of family, work, or community, be a witness to Christ. If you don't want to... If you don't want to idolize your family, uh, 
Number one, be a witness or be a witness to Christ by how you live, which ultimately points back to the follow part, right? Obey and follow his example. And number two, disciple them. Teach them. That will keep you. That will preserve you and guide you. Uh, Basically, be a witness to Christ means you're an ambassador to Christ. You're an ambassador. You represent Him in these areas of life, family, work, community. And to remember that you're an ambassador of Christ will help you live pursuing Christ and not these things. So, uh, I'm going to close my Bible to signify I'm almost done. If you desire to pursue Christ while living on earthly treasures, I have the combination for you. If you desire to pursue Christ while participating in this world, you need to remember three things daily. Three things you need to remember. Number one, the gospel. That's going back to the idea of not forgetting about the gate, right? Remembering where you came and who opened the door for you. The gate at Silver Dollar City takes from your wallet. You pay the price. This gate, someone else has paid the price. This is remembering the gospel. The price of the blood of Christ. If you want to pursue Christ in this life... While treasure, while holding on to earthly things, you must, and I don't mean, hold, I didn't say that the right way. You know what I mean? Preach the gospel to yourself daily. Number two, remember heaven. Remember heaven. Because what? This world is not your home. And everything in it is going away. Everything. Remember the gospel. Remember heaven. Remember the end. Don't get caught up in the now, but always look and be led by what's at the end. Christ is at the end. And number three, remember to pray. Remember the gospel. Remember heaven. Remember to, remember to pray. All of this is impossible apart from the mercy and grace of God and the power of God that you don't have but you could obtain by His mercy and grace. And prayer is our way of showing our need and dependence on of Him. Uh, the gates open. And all can come in. And if you don't come to Christ, not only will you not find satisfaction, but you will live a meaningless life. And then you will spend a meaninglessly eternal life condemned in hell. But I promise you that this door, this gate, Jesus, is worth everything. And you must believe on Him. And you must repent of your sins. 
then you will have eternal life. Let's pray.